Most people base their version of themselves on their experience or past life. So it makes perfectly logical sense that you look back in all of those things and you say, this is who I am. Jesus Christ has a version of you. The question becomes, is that version one that I can believe in and trust? It should be because it's objective. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Salty Pastor Podcast, a podcast that focuses on coaching you in the growth of your faith. Our world is struggling to find peace in the midst of all this chaos, direction in the midst of all this aimlessness, and purpose in the midst of no meaning. When you take time to think about the point and purpose of your life, you can know what you believe and why you believe it. This leads to a stronger faith, and that is how you live in the point and purpose of your life. Now, without further ado, please welcome the one, the only, Salty pastor himself dr douglas peak hello everyone it's so good to be with you this day and it's exciting as we get ready to embark on a new series a new study those are always fun it kind of brings a whole new refreshing approach to whatever it is we're discussing so it's good to be with you uh, my uh, salty crew and we're just going to dig deep on some really mildly controversial things well today is like no other day we are going to do something that I have never, ever seen us do in the three years <laughs> so I have been here. Today is the day we accept the challenge and we do a series focused on women. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, da, da, da. <laughs> wow, this is uh, something that has been out there. I've been asked to do a study on just focusing primarily on women for a number of years. And so I was always like, man, that's where angels fear to tread. <laughs> go in there. It's dangerous ground these <laughs> yeah, days. Yeah, really. A guy, he needs to, you know, go and do a series on that. I've done about 30 different series on men in the last 28 years. And if you add the boot camps that I do, it's probably at least 40 to 45 different series. And these, so these are usually four to six week series. So you add that up. I've got a good 150 or so messages just for men. Right. And so a lot of uh, women who are in my circle that uh, have access and influence were saying to me, we want you to do a series on women. So I'm like, well, why don't we just get some women to do it? No, we want <laughs> you to do a series because your take and your thoughtfulness on it is always uh, a, an angle that people haven't considered before. And that's what we would really like to hear is we, we want to learn something new. And uh, one of the comments I had from one of these ladies, just a really godly woman that I, I respect a lot, was you seem to hear a lot of the same things from women who are teaching women. You know, it's a lot of the same things. They're saying we need something uh, from a man's perspective that's totally different. And my response was, well, I don't know if I want to do that. I mean, how many women want to hear what a guy had? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, a, a guy in his uh, upper echelon of years. Oh, to be, upper what? Upper echelon. Oh. Ha happens to be white, happens to be male. <laughs> it sounds like the setup for a patriarchy joke oh, at this point. A patriarchy <laughs> joke at this point. So, but yeah, so I, she was like, no, we, we really want, you know, we need a different perspective. And so... 
uh, this person, so I said, okay, um, I think that maybe is the time, and so we're going to try it. And so I have a feeling that if you're going to rate this, you know, don't they do uh, star ratings on Yelp and stuff like that? Yeah. It's either going to be a one star or a five star. Well, but Nothing in between. I think it comes into how you decide to come into it, right? Like yeah. if you come in uh, making assumptions about what you're saying or, or taking things out of context before you finish the thought, then yeah, I think there is a high probability that it might drop into that one star rating. But mm -hmm. if you come in like you do with most of your messages, Pastor, and come in with a, a thoughtfulness of, well, let me hear him out and not jump to conclusions on it, yeah. then we may all learn something together. I think <laughs> I think this is just a really difficult topic, no matter how you slice it. Mm. So. Yeah, well, I think it has, like you said, a lot to do with the way we've been trained to think. Because mm. that's, that's something that I try to push people. Because, you know, uh, all methods of thinking are based on assumptions, and often these assumptions are unspoken. We don't realize we make these assumptions when we think about something in a certain way. Right. And often many of the assumptions on which our current way of thinking is based is contrary to a worldview that's built on the reality that there is actually a God. And... You know how I say that what you believe is one of the most important things about you. I've and heard you say that once or twice. <laughs> the most important belief that you can ever consider is, is there a God or not? Mm. Um, th that's really the essence of where everything begins. That's why in the Old Testament it says the beginning of wisdom, the beginning of knowledge, the beginning of anything is the fear of God. So you have to resolve that question first. Is there a God or not? Okay. And so uh, we talk about that a lot. And on a side note, I'm really excited because in the new year, I'm going to talk about the proofs for God. But that's a different thing that I'm getting excited about. <laughs> I'm working on it right now. But uh, if you have a worldview that rejects a perspective of humanity that is biblical and based on the fact that there is a God this 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 worldview or this perspective this definition of what it means to be a human being is like well what what is it that actually makes us tick what makes us unique as human beings from the other creatures that are living or plants and trees uh what makes us different than any other part of creation and why are we sentient why are we have consciousness this sense of uh liveness well the purpose and goal of the salty pastor and the preaching at foothills is to coach people meaning you in your faith to help each and every one of you discover what you believe and clarify what you believe what you think about you know life and your life and what makes you you it's your faith, it's your relationship with Jesus that makes the difference in your life and whether you have a life or not. It's not what I, Pastor Doug, think about your relationship with God and what it should be. So my point is, it's not what I think it should be. My point is, is to give you all of the, the tools, all of the facts, all the knowledge, all of the research so that you can determine and define what your relationship with God is because it's your faith. Mm. That's what's most important. Uh, so in this series, my goal then is not to tell women what I think you should be. Well, you should be this way. Uh, what it is is to show you how you, as a woman, can discover 
how to find and then experience who and what Jesus is calling you to be. I want you to be able to find yourself, your true authentic self in Christ because he is the one that has the answers to who you should be and what your life was meant to be. So that's what this series, I hope, is all about. Well, where do we start in this whole process? Because like you said, I mean, you're calling us as as believers not to be living our lives based on your faith. Correct. We're not just supposed to follow you and whatever you say. Correct. We're supposed to figure it out on our for ourselves. Yes. And you're going to coach us along the way on figuring out what it is yeah, we how believe. How to do it for yes. yourself. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about how do we start this whole thing on, on women and, and what we're doing. Well, I think uh, for women, you know, the first thing we have to establish is that you are a human being and males, men are human beings. And so we need to start with the basic fulfillment equation of which I, I've talked about it in the past, but it's just a basic equation. And that is if you know Jesus plus know yourself plus know what's going on in the world, then that equates or the sum of those three variables when they're brought together equals fulfillment. It equals value and it equals uh, a love. You understand that deep abiding love. And this equation comes from the words of Jesus in Luke chapter 9 verses 23 and 24 when he was talking about you know what it means to follow him he says and he said to all to them all if anyone wants to come after me in other words if you want to follow me you must deny him he must deny himself take up his cross daily and follow me so it's interesting he says that the path to following me begins with self-denial which we'll talk about that in the equation in just a second and then he says verse 24 because if you want to save your life you lose it but whoever loses his life for my sake this is the one who will save it so he's talking about this equation he's saying look what is the point of life uh and the word here for life in verse 24 comes from the the Greek word suche, which we transliterate that word today as psyche. So properly translated in this thing, he's not talking about your, your physical biological life. He's talking about your soul. The, the way they actually interpret this Greek word is the breath of life. Okay. So this is the breath of life. This is your soul. What makes you sentient? what makes you 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 know right. alive it's more than your physical body it's 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 your your soul too your spiritual component and so i think that's really important to understand that jesus is laying out this equation and saying if you want to save your life if you want to have life your soul be filled redeemed restored healed uh, established filled if you want these things, then guess what? You have to, Jesus says, follow him. So the first thing is I got to know Jesus and what he's asking me to do. Mm -hmm. He says, you have to deny yourself. Oh, well, now I need to know myself, right? I need to know what makes me tick and what, what, what is it about me I need to deny? I don't understand. And he says, take up your cross. 
Okay, and that's a statement of the world. Okay, the, the, in my opinion, what it means is you're taking up your cross because the path to follow me, right, it's a narrow path. It's not the path of the world. What is the path of the world? It's wide, and many are those who find it. Who wants to pick up a cross and follow me? So it's got this flavor of you have to understand the world and what the world is doing. Mm. Why is it that the world sees following Jesus as a sacrifice? So we, you break that down and you say, look, if I know Jesus, I know myself, and I know the world, and once I, f I have an understanding, I may not have it all figured out, but I have an understanding of those things and how they influence me, that's when I have the greatest potential to ha be completely fulfilled, valued, walk in love, walk in fulfillment, and be the authentic me that I was meant to be. So that's what this equation is about. It's the steps that Jesus gives us that we must follow if we want to see our souls saved. And so this is why the first step in the fulfillment equation is you got to know Jesus. You got to know God because it's only when you know him can you know what he says about you and what you are. So he's saying this is who you are and what you are. So let's dig into this a little bit deeper. Talk to me about why it's important to know what God says about who and what you are. Like, that's a nice thought, theoretically, right? But, like, what is the, what is the real reason of needing to know that? Well, I think this is really important because it really cuts to the de depth of who we are in our inner self, right? And that is this. Everyone has a version of themselves that they believe. You have a version of yourself, Jesse, that you believe. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you don't want to believe it, <laughs> right? And what's interesting is you have to then ask yourself the question, what is the basis of my version for what I believe about myself? Why do I believe this about myself? Okay, so most people base their version of themselves on their experience or past life, which in all honesty, this makes a lot of sense, right? You live life a certain way, you grow up a certain way, you have all these experiences, you have successes and failures. So it makes perfectly logical sense that you look back in all of those things and you say, this is who I am, yeah. right? You grow up and you go, wow, you know, I went out for football and that was terrible. I went out for baseball and I was too short to play basketball. I didn't like the jocks, stuff like that. But man, I started playing the trumpet and it was like awesome. <laughs> I felt I found my people, you know? Or yeah. you have somebody who says, you know, wow, I was never much of a creative musical person. I was never a jock, but boy, I really found myself in science or in something like that. So you, you, you try different things. You find you have a proclivity for something for various reasons. You feel, wow, this is who I am and this is what I'm not. And it's extremely pronounced in junior high, right? right. Where you have all these external identities. Are you a jock? Are you popular? Are you a nerd? Are you a geek? Are you this? Are you that? You know, all these types of things. They society really and so the fact that you would take these things society pushes on you and then see them as part of this version of yourself mm. makes perfect sense however the problem with doing this is that you have a proclivity human beings for being too hard on yourself and a lot of those experiences are misunderstood and misread okay and so Research shows 
that females rank much higher than males in negative emotions. Mm. Okay. Therefore, women in particular have a more negative version of themselves that they believe. So it's really important to understand is that, wow, I need to know Jesus because I have a version of myself that I have created because of my past experiences, successes and failures. But that version of myself tends to be more negative of myself because mm. I have a lot more negative emotions for females in particular of my past. Right. Right. And so they go, I, I must be all these things I feel for some reason. Otherwise I wouldn't feel them. The other thing about using this approach is it incorporates the opinions of others. You know, I'm not sure other people can formulate an accurate version of who you are, particularly when you're in middle school or high school or even college. Uh, another aspect of this is some people base their version of themselves on cultural things or cultural signals or societal standards. Uh, for instance, women in particular, you know, it's like, well, I'm beautiful or ugly based on what society says. But what's interesting is since I have been, what did you say earlier? The upper echelons of what? Of uh, experience. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, Your wealthy in knowledge <laughs> and time on the planet. <laughs> time on the planet. Well, in the 90s, you know, what, what the world was telling women was attractive is supermodels were super, super thin. They were very tall. They're like six feet tall, and they had to be super, super thin. And so like size zero or negative one or something like that. And guess what? There was an explosion in our society of anorexia, mm -hmm. right? These girls starving themselves to death. All, all because why? The society or the culture told them what was beautiful. But what's really interesting is today, that sign of, that's not considered beautiful. That's considered unhealthy. Today, the, the images that girls see are... Completely different. Com are, are more voluptuous. And now you have all these women that want to go get, you know, things injected into their rear end so they have bigger butts, you know? And I'm like... Okay, that is so different than just 25 years ago. Right. And so the issue for women is that society uh, has a very sliding scale and very slippery slope of what they think beauty is. It's constantly changing. It's constantly changing. What about your talent? You know, if, if, if you think you have value because you have a talent or a skill that society desires, so in any particular time, it's like, wow, I, this is really exciting. You know, I, I'm really needed. And this is just a natural thing that I, I'm not saying it's a bad thing because I've been doing a lot of uh, uh, research again on World War II just because I enjoy the stories and reading about that. And it's really fascinating because the people that were most important during World War II were Americans who could speak English and German. Mm. So you always wanted guys that could speak German. Well, today speaking German is not that big a deal, right? Right. Why, why, you know, there's no need to. So today the emphasis is Spanish, right? It'd be much better if you could speak Spanish. And so that my point is, is that if you base your version of yourself and you feel good about that version based on what society needs, then guess what? You're, you're going to build a version of yourself on quicksand, right? Because that thing can perpetually change. But what if, let me ask you all a question. What if there is a version of yourself that is more accurate, more complete, 
more deep than you ever imagined. It doesn't come from you. It comes from an objective, something outside of yourself that is omniscient. That word means all-knowing. It possesses all the knowledge of the universe. It is a personal being that has this version of you. That's Jesus, who is God. God, Jesus Christ, has a version of you that he knows. You know, King David in the Psalms write this, is that you knew me when I was knit together in my mother's womb. Now, the question becomes is, is that version one that I can believe in and trust? And my answer is it should be because it's objective. It, it's not, it doesn't follow the whims of society. It doesn't follow the whims of what the culture says, oh, this is pretty or not pretty. Uh, this is valued and that's not valued. Right. It doesn't have anything to do with that. It doesn't have anything to do with the opinions of other people who they see just such a, they see your outside shell. They don't know what's really going on inside mm. of you. And it also doesn't uh, come from your own interpretation of your past experiences, good or bad. Now, I know this is an abstract way to uh, look at it, but it's really important to understand is that this version of you is something you have to really ask yourself as a woman, where does my version of myself come from? And do I really know Jesus and his version of me? Do I even know what that is? So it's really important, you know, because it basically says, look, society doesn't define you. Your past uh, successes don't define you. Your past failures don't define you. It puts your past experiences in the proper context. And you realize, look, my past experiences don't define me. They only describe me. And that's why I need a better version of myself. I mean, this is getting really interesting because you are identifying some things that at first glance don't seem like that big of a deal but when you really start looking at the context of things it's like society's constantly changing its opinion about what's good or bad and if you are defining your value and who you are based on something that might change tomorrow for all you know then that's never going to make you feel good you're always going to live in kind of a fear or a paranoia that it's going to shift and change into something else right so talk to me about who jesus says women are well I think that the reason why you want to have his version of you is because it's more clear, it doesn't change, and it's more accurate. Mm. And, and it, what it does is it creates value uh, while at the same time it's honest. Okay? And it begins with this. Let's build a case. And I think this is really important. I mean, males and females can go through this, but ladies, I just want to particularly challenge you to try to do this exercise so that you can begin to lay some deeper foundational stones in your faith. And that's number one is this, is that in Genesis chapter one, verse 27, in the creation event, it says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. So right up front, what we have to understand is that femaleness womanhood is a part of the image of God that he created. OK, 
Okay, in Acts chapter two, when Peter preaches the very first message about Jesus Christ died to save you, okay, this was the day of Pentecost when the church was birthed, and he's preaching and he quotes from the book of Joel. And he says the following, verse 17 of chapter 2 of the book of Acts. He says, And it shall be in the last days, God says, that I will pour out my spirit on all mankind. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions, and your old men will have dreams, and even my male and female servants will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. So when you look at the language he's using, what impression does that give you? It gives you this impression that maleness and femaleness, right, are going to receive the spirit of God for the purpose of prophesying. Mm. So it's like, wow, that's, that's like a big deal. It's not a one-sided deal. So what this does, it says, okay, God's version of you is that he wants to use you as a female because you're created in the image of God, right, in order to pour out his spirit on you, all right? So Galatians chapter 3, verse 28 says this, there is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ. Now, he's not trying to propose an androgyny. What he's trying to say is that there isn't a more spiritual right, position in the family of God based on your ethnicity, right? your religion, you know, Gentile or, or Greek or Jew, excuse me, Greek or Jew. He says, look. There's not slave or free, so there's no societal position that influences it. The, your gender doesn't influence it. So th the first stone that you have to set foundationally in your life is this, is that God's version of me is that I am created in his image. So being female is a good thing. It's a blessed thing. It's a wonderful thing. It's not something to be debased or erased, or diminished, or devalued. If you base your version of yourself, that femaleness, womanhood, the feminine essence is flawed, it's insufficient, it's lacking, then you are denying the image of God in you. So the very first step in reaching fulfillment discovering peace in your soul, experiencing deep and abiding love and joy splashing out of your life is to know in the deepest level of your soul who Jesus says you are. And this is really difficult. We're going to talk about this more kind of in the third and fourth week is that the society in which you live, ladies, is trying to erase your feminine image of god it's trying to it's, it's trying to debase it eradicate it and it's trying to tell you that the best thing about you as a female is that you can act masculine and be a guy and 
that's really important to understand that the agenda of feminism, particularly second and third wave feminism, is to eradicate the notion of masculinity for the sole purpose of you being more masculine. Mm. And so that is important to understand that that's what your society is attempting to do. But this is contrary to what Jesus says, who you are. The version of you is that, is that you are sufficient. Your, your, your femaleness is not, in essence, flawed. Now, that doesn't mean, and this, we're going to talk about this next week on knowing yourself, that you don't have sin issues that stop you from walking in the version of yourself that you've discovered in Christ, right? You have to go through that. But just up front, is I want you to start with the first, first foundational stone to consider is that being a woman, created a woman, in God's eyes, is valued and blessed. He wanted me to be a woman mm. because God has a plan and a purpose for me as a woman in this world. And what I bring to the table as a woman is what God has designed to be brought to the table. Mm. So that's really important. I need to ask myself, whose version of me do I believe? The one that I have developed over so many years of living or the version of who God says I am? Because who Jesus says, who God says you are is the key. And you must know him in order to hear him and what he's saying you really are. You must know him in order to understand him. You have to know him in order to understand what he's saying about this version of who you are. You must know him in order to believe that what he's saying about you is true. That's why the very first foundational stone in the life fulfillment equation is know Jesus. Because it's only in Jesus Christ can you discover the version of you that is most accurate. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Pastor, so much for setting us up for where we're going in this series. Um, I'm excited, but also nervous about all of the great things that you're going to say. I'm sure it's going to be awesome. But like you said, this is where angels fear to tread. So it will be um, an interesting series, but I'm, I'm praying that everyone coming into this will not come in with assumptions or or perceptions but instead listen thoroughly to what you're bringing to the table so that we all can learn together and not make assumptions about what you are mm -hmm. or aren't saying um, make sure you guys subscribe on youtube um, hit the notification bell so you don't miss any episodes especially for this series you're going to want to hear all of the salty pastor episodes about this series and uh, leave a five-star review if you're on apple podcasts the reviews help and get people seeing us other than that, we'll see you on Thursday here on the Salty Pastor Podcast. Blessings.